On today's show, the Houston Rockets signed Fred Van Vliet to a three-year, $130 million contract. Oh, my. What Fred Van Vliet ultimately brings to this Houston Rockets, why he was the best addition this Rockets team could make this offseason, why it's okay that the Rockets committed three years and $130 million to Van Vliet. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shengun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two. One. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe. Drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments about the Rockets signing Fred Van Vliet. Three years, $130 million. It's a lot of cheddar cheese. Look, we're going to get into the contract stuff for Van Vliet in a second. But what I want to focus on out of the gate is why this signing makes sense for Houston and why it is a good move and what he actually brings to the table for this Houston Rockets team. This is a Rockets team that hasn't had a real point guard for the last two years. However you feel about Kevin Porter Jr., he is insanely talented. He absolutely is. I'm not taking that away from him. He's not a real point guard. There have been struggles that this Rockets team has faced by not having a legitimate point guard on the floor. And you can point to the examples of having DJ Augustine out there or Dennis Schroeder out there and how competent at times those guys looked running the offense just because they've been point guards their entire careers. There's a certain feel for the game. There's a certain understanding of what needs to happen and how to get guys involved and what decisions to make and all of that that comes when you have a legitimate floor general out there. Fred Van Vliet is that and will bring that to the table for this Houston Rockets team. He is a proven winner. He's a leader. He was a leader in that Toronto Raptors locker room, a guy that kind of was the, I guess, the liaison between Nick Nurse and some of the Raptors players at time, kind of helping to control that locker room before things kind of, you know, boiled over with the turmoil that the Raptors faced this past season. He's a proven winner. He's won a championship and he was an integral part of that Raptors team that won a title. I want to say if memory serves, he actually finished second in finals MVP voting behind Kawhi Leonard. So he's a guy who has an immense amount of experience and has done it in a variety of ways, right? He's come off the bench. He's been a starter. He's been the main guy. He's been a secondary tertiary guy. He's kind of done every role on the court that you can even, that you can conceivably imagine, right? And when you look at the actual basketball fit for what he brings to the Rockets, he's going to be the starting point guard moving forward. And he's a good shooter. He's a great defender. 
He can be played on ball and he can be the table setter for this Rockets team, or you can move him off ball and you can make sure that other guys still get reps with the ball in their hands, whether it's Jalen Green running the offense, whether it's the Shin Hub offense running things through Alperin Shingun, whether it's Amon Thompson, who is going to need a fair amount of reps himself, even though he's probably going to be coming off the bench to start his rookie year. He needs to be able to be played alongside guys who can complement his game when he has the ball in his hands. And that's exactly something that Fred Van Vliet brings to the table. You know, there's this, uh, there's this highlight video that I shared to my Twitter feed of Van Vliet dropping 32 points on the Rockets this past season, uh, back in 2022. So near the beginning of the season. And in that game, not only did he drop 32 points on the Rockets, he also locked up Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. multiple times in that game. Like, I mean, he had them in Rikers. Like, it was bad. And now the Rockets, Jalen, Kevin, Amon Thompson, they have to face that every single day in practice. At the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. And having a guy like Fred Van Vliet that is going to, A, be able to lead by example and show these young guys how to be the best versions of themselves, a guy who has constantly always bet on himself. That is his entire motto, right? That's his mantra, bet on yourself. And now he's got this new chapter in his career to be able to usher in this new age of Rockets basketball with a bunch of young, talented players a guy who's really had to fight and claw for everything he's gotten in his career. And so he's bringing that all, all of those, uh, you know, all of that to the court, you know, on a game by game basis, but then also the behind the scenes, again, having to compete against this guy in practice. Look, I'm going to be completely honest. Fred Van Vliet is going to go in practice every single day and bust Jalen and Kevin's asses in practice. It's going to be incredible to see how much those guys grow just from having him around every day in practice. That that type of guy, that type of leader with that mentality. And even though the Rockets crushed it with the Ime Odoka signing, and Ime Odoka very clearly is the leader of this team moving forward, Fred Van Vliet is going to be an extension of that leadership on the floor, almost like a coach on the floor, if you will, because Ime has talked about wanting to bring in capable players, veterans, guys who can be leaders, who the young guys can model their games after, both on and off the court, and at the end of the day, it's about having adults in the room, right? For multiple years now, the Rockets really haven't had any adults in the room. Shout out to Eric Gordon, who tried his best uh, to be a veteran example for this Rockets team, but that's just not the type of guy he is. It's not his personality. And you had all these 19, 20, 21-year-old kids running around. You had Steven Silas, who wasn't really keeping anybody in check. Now, there's multiple adults in the room in Ime Odoka, in Fred Van Vliet, and whoever else the Rockets ultimately bring in to this situation. So, I think it's a fantastic signing. I think it makes an immense amount of sense from a basketball perspective. The Rockets needed a point guard. They got the best available point guard on the market. That is an absolute win. 
But I know there are some concerns about the contract, about the three years, $130 million. I want to talk about that. I want to address some of those concerns, why the contract makes sense, why it is still a good deal for the Houston Rockets, and why we shouldn't underestimate the Houston Rockets front office and the fact that they might have a trick or two up their sleeves as far as how the contract might ultimately play out. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players and they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. The list goes on. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That means if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now let's get into some of the financial concerns here on this deal, the three-year $130 million deal for Fred Van Vliet, because that is a lot of money. It is. I'm not going to pretend that it's not a lot of money. But let's go ahead and navigate some of these concerns. First off, the Rockets went into this free agency period knowing that they wanted a point guard. That was their that was the biggest position of need and they addressed that position. They got the best free agent point guard on the market and I think you have to look at that as an absolute win. Even though the Rockets committed to a three-year max, which I, I, I think as far as contract terms, we don't know the details yet of the contract and I want to get to that in just a second. But they got the best player available. And you have to feel pretty good about that because it fills a gigantic position of need for the Houston Rockets team. He is a good, good playmaker, good floor general, great defender, had a down year shooting the basketball, but, uh, but historically a great shooter bring just checks every single box down the line for what you want out of that position. Now I know the immediate argument is going to be, but Jackson, what happens when Amon Thompson is ready to run the point guard spot? Awesome. Then you have two guys who are capable of running the point guard position. And you could trade one of them. You could keep running both of them. You can run Amon as a point forward and you can let Fred Van Vliet play off the basketball. There's endless permutations and possibilities for how the Rockets address this a little bit further down the line. Also, we're looking at this in the confines of, of what the CBA is right now today. The NBA salary cap is going to continue to grow. As the new TV deal goes into place, as the NBA salary cap rises, this max contract that Fred Van Vliet just got, we might be looking at very differently a year from now or two years from now, right? It might not feel anywhere near the same. It might not feel like this gargantuan, massive deal that the Rockets committed themselves to. So... They needed this position. They got the best guy available. Yes, they committed money to make it happen, but it would have been way worse had they gone into free agency with all eyes set on Fred Van Vliet and if they had blinked at the last minute and not been willing to 
had that third year to be able to get Fred Van Vliet to commit to Houston when it was rumored and reported that the Raptors were offering four years, 120, four years, 130, somewhere in that ballpark. So the Rockets had to outbid the Raptors. And ultimately, that's what they did. They had their eyes set on a target and they got their guy. And my understanding of the situation, at least to this point, is that very clearly there was interest on both sides between the Houston Rockets and James Harden. And now that situation has has completely you know set sail, no possibility, all that. But the reason that it did is there was interest on both sides. James wanted to come back to Houston. The Rockets wanted to bring him back. They did have their kind of lines that they wouldn't cross as far as years, as far as total money, all of that. But the situation changed pretty drastically once Ime Udoka was introduced into the fold for the Houston Rockets. And I think ultimately Ime is actually the reason that James Harden is not currently a Houston Rocket. You look at James's situation, right? He decided to opt in to his deal with the Sixers and is currently navigating, trying to, you know, facilitate an opt-in and trade situation to go to either the Knicks or it's looking like more and more likely the Clippers will be his ultimate destination. The Rockets didn't even want James Harden on that 35 million, right? Like the fact that James had to take that 35 million opt-in means that the Rockets weren't even offering more than that, or, or at least at that level. And I think that ultimately what went down is Ime Udoka had a vision for this team. And Rafael Stone had a vision for this team moving forward. And Rafael's vision was probably bring James Harden back, right? Get to a level of competency, get to a level of competitiveness starting as early as next year. And Ime was like, well, I've worked with James before. I've seen him behind the picture or behind the scenes. And I don't exactly want to bring that in. That's not the vision that I have for this team. And I'm the head coach now. So I'm going to start throwing my weight around. And honestly, respect because the fact that we're looking at James Harden and the, the the Sixers didn't want him, right? They didn't what they they kind of balked at, you know, whatever numbers they had in mind and he decided to opt in rather than take whatever deal the Sixers had on the table. The Rockets were only willing to go so far to sign him or potentially rescinded their offer completely because they set their sights on Fred Van Vliet. And I think Ime has a lot to do with that. And I know there's a lot of Rockets fans that feel some kind of way about potentially turning your nose up at James Harden, who is a significantly better player than Fred Van Vliet. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and proclaim that he's not. He is. He's a fantastic player. He's arguably the best playmaker in the league. He's a 20 and 10 guy, obviously, but James Harden plays a very specific brand of basketball. James Harden plays Harden ball, right? And Fred Van Vliet is the much more malleable piece. You can plug Fred Van Vliet in as the primary ball handler. He can play off ball. He's a significantly better defender. He's, I feel confident in saying that he's probably a better locker room guy for what Ime Odoka wants to establish here in Houston. That's not to say that James isn't a good locker room guy that isn't, you know, beloved by his teammates and they always speak highly of him wherever he goes. I'm just talking about a type of guy who's going to set the type of example that Ime wants for this group of guys going forward. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet has played for Nick Nurse for the past handful of years. Nick Nurse, Ime Odoka, very similar guys, you know, a little prickly, very demanding, um, defense-first kind of guys, you know, 
that type of mentality, that type of coaching approach uh, doesn't work for everybody, but we know that it works for Fred. And we know that he had a pretty decent amount of success playing under Nick Nurse. And that success should hopefully continue here in Houston as he is now the extension uh, or will be the extension of Ime Udoka on the floor to help kind of corral these other young pieces and really kind of bring them along and show them the right way to play, right? Again, having adults in the room is very, very important. Now, on the actual contract itself, I will say we don't know the, the official terms just yet. It, you know, right now it's just the, the blanket report, three years, $130 million. I will say, given the history of how the Rockets have approached contracts in the Rafael Stone era with this front office, I would be shocked if we didn't see something along the lines of maybe a not a, you know a partial guarantee on that third year or some incentive based uh you know contract stuff that you know actually bumps the total value up to the 130 and that the actual contract is a bit lower than that or God, potentially a team option that would be absolutely insane if the Rockets managed to finesse that but you look at how they structured the Jay Sean Tate deal and they got a team friendly deal there, right? They, they let Tate opt out of his deal or they, they declined his option, I should say. And then they restructured the deal and it was incredibly team friendly. Same thing for the Kevin Porter Jr. Contract. However you feel about whether they should have signed him or not signed him, let him hit restricted free agency, whatever. It was an incredibly creative contract structure that is very, very team friendly with a lot of outs baked into the contract for the Rockets to basically cut ties whenever they want to with KP as soon as they want to with KPJ. So I'd be shocked if we didn't see something along those lines. Again, partial guarantee or incentives baked into the contract or like a team option, player option, somewhere in there that makes the contract look a little bit better than just the blanket three years, $130 million. And it'll be really interesting to see once we get the final details on what that contract ultimately looks like for the Rockets. Now, coming up, I do want to get into a little bit of the other news and notes going around the NBA landscape, as well as what the Rockets are still able to do in the aftermath of signing Fred Van Vliet, what moves are still waiting to be made on the horizon. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be a stressful experience. You're trying to go out and have a good time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over the tickets. They've got flash deals on last-minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got images of the seat view, so you know exactly the type of bang that you're getting for the buck that you are spending. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And a final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. News breaking as I was mid-recording. I had just wrapped up the show when we got the news. Brooke Lopez returning to the Milwaukee Bucks on a two-year, $48 million deal. Oh, my. That is 
is a lot of money. That is a high pain tolerance for the Milwaukee Bucks to retain the services of their big man. Look, at the end of the day, it was always going to come down to whether or not the Bucks wanted to match what the Rockets were offering. Now, we don't know what the Rockets' offer was for Brooke Lopez, but if the Bucks were willing to go up to $24 million a year, my guess is that the Rockets were utilizing the remainder of their $66.2 million after signing Fred Van Vliet, his first year, $40.8 million. Um, they had $25.4 million left in cap space to play with. They probably offered that full amount to Brooke Lopez. They probably offered him two years, a little over $50 million, and Brooke took it back to the Milwaukee Bucks and said, look, guys, Houston's offering me this. I really want to stay here in Milwaukee. If you guys can get close to it or beat it, I'm I'm here. I'll stay. And the Bucks had to think about it internally, figure out what they wanted to do. Brooke Lopez, the type of player that he is, top three in DPOY voting this past season, spaces the floor offensively, really talented, big, uh, elevates your defense, all of that. He is a really hard piece to replace. And so for the Bucks to stay contenders, they needed to have a high pain tolerance and match that money. I would go so far as to say that Brooke Lopez is the second most important player on that team behind Giannis, given everything that they do defensively because of what Brooke Lopez brings to the table on both sides of the basketball space, the floor for Giannis offensive, all of that. So the Rockets miss out on Brooke Lopez, and they've got $25.4 million left to throw around. It feels like Dylan Brooks is almost a foregone conclusion at this point. It felt like he was the guy that was kind of third on the Rockets offseason big board, if you will, as far as targets to potentially go after. I think the next name to keep an eye on, and DuBose mentioned this on our predictions podcast, keep an eye on Clint Capella, the return of Clint Capella potentially. The Rockets are in this position where they could very easily send out a piece like Jay Sean Tate, who still has a lot of value, but on a very team-friendly contract to a team like the Hawks, and bring back Clint Capella eating into some of that salary cap space that they've got left to play around with, and then still have enough money to outright sign Dylan Brooks to a two-year $30 million deal, two-year $35 was my, my, was my initial prediction. Jay Sean Tate's making about $7 million. Let me double-check Clint Capella's salary right now. I want to make sure I get the number right on this. Should have had, had it pulled up. Clint's making $18.7 this past season. He'll be at 20.6 this next year. So the difference in salary between Jay Sean Tate, Clint Capella, about what, 13 million, I believe. So if they if the Rockets outright absorb uh, that difference, the delta between what Jay Sean Tate is making and what Clint Capella is making right now, it would eat up another 13 million of their cap space. Now that's not quite enough to be able to get the deal done uh, with the Atlanta Hawks and still be able to outright sign Dylan Brooks. So as far as the steps moving forward, maybe it's something along the lines of they do the deal first and they also include some pieces like, you know, Josh Christopher or Usman Garuba or whatever to maybe pry uh, Clint Capella away from the Hawks. I did mention in our predictions podcast, maybe you include KJ Martin in that deal. I know a lot of Rockets fans love KJ Martin, but with the direction that the team is heading with, you know, all signs pointing towards them wanting to bring in a guy like Dylan Brooks. You've still got Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, now Cam Whitmore in the rotation, or at least on the roster and hopefully in the rotation down the line. What minutes are there left for guys like 
Jay Sean Tate and KJ Martin. If you can consolidate those two guys and go get yourself a big man like Clint Capella, who gives you a very different look on both sides of the floor than Alperin Shingun, right? I know he's not Brooke Lopez. He doesn't space the floor offensively. There's probably, unless Alperin Shingun comes back with one a hell of a three-point shot, there's probably not a world where you play Capella and Shingun alongside each other in some version of like a double big lineup, or maybe there is. Maybe Emil Doka gets really creative with things, but... It does give you a very different look. It allows you, uh, you know, to change things up offensively, defensively over the course of a game. Alperin Shingun, you've got his offensive prowess, the playmaking, the low post scoring game. And then you've got Clint Capella, who adds the lob threat. Lob threat. Back to the lineup. Shout out to Bruno Fernando. He also gives you a bit more of a defensive identity when he's on the floor, right? Somebody that can really run and push the pace in transition as a five. So... I think Clint Capella is going to be the name to keep an eye uh, keep an eye out on if you're a Rockets fan. I think that could be the next piece, the next domino to ultimately fall. So right now, Fred VanVleet locked up. Rockets got their guy, but now they miss out on Brooke Lopez. So what are the next steps for this Rockets team? I think Dylan Brooks is all but a guarantee at this point in some capacity. Maybe they outright sign him or they institute a sign-and-trade with the Memphis Grizzlies in some capacity. I think that one is probably a lock, but they still want a different big. And as far as bigs on the marketplace, the other bigs that are out there are ultimately pretty underwhelming, right? Dwight Powell? Nah, all, all good on Dwight Powell, right? I think Clint Capella could be a target that the Rockets pivot to now that Brooke Lopez is off the table. But on that note, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts on Fred Van Vliet signing his deal with Houston. Drop your thoughts about what else the Rockets are going to do with their remaining free agency cap space. Let us know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.